Let's read, starting at verse 1, Mark chapter 4. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the tw- and with, uh, with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that... They may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when persecution or tribulation arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. This is God's word. Um, if, you, if you want to understand Jesus, um, then you've really got to understand his teaching. Uh, he, he does many signs and wonders and miracles that have been um, talked about so far uh, in the gospel accounts. But as we saw last week, signs and miracles and wonders, as amazing as they are, they're open to interpretation. Last week, someone said, oh, you can only do that, Jesus, because you have the power of the the devil. You have demonic power. It's open to a misinterpretation. Um, But in his teaching, Jesus explains his motivation. He, he, He puts his signs and his miracles into context so that we can understand what he's doing when he is doing miracles. And so uh, that's what we've just read together, Um, a a piece of Jesus' teaching where he gives context to to his ministry, to what he's doing. Um, But as I hope to show you as we go along, this is not just our parable, our teaching of Jesus. This is the parable. Uh, This is the fundamental one. This is the one that if you understand this, then you understand the rest. That's what he says in verse 13. We'll, We'll get to that later. So we're going to try and understand then this parable of Jesus and what he intends behind it. And we'll see these three things this morning. Number one, uh, the teaching of Jesus is a barrier. Teaching of Jesus is a barrier. Second, we'll see the teaching of Jesus is a key. And thirdly, we'll see the teaching of Jesus is a door. 
Right? It's a barrier, it's a key, and it's a door. I want to show you what I mean. First of all, teaching of Jesus is a barrier for, for, for many people. Um, this, this might be a familiar parable to you if you've been to church before, uh, particularly if you've been to Sunday school. Um, it's quite a, 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 a fa- favorite one, uh, the, the, the parable of the sower. But the idea with parables when Jesus tells them is that, that, that he's telling a, an ordinary everyday story that we can get, we can understand, but he sort of sets it alongside a spiritual uh, fundamental truth. That's what the word parable means, along, alongside. It's a teaching alongside. And so at the beginning of this little section we've just read together, we see Jesus again uh, teaching. He's by the sea, which is the Sea of Galilee in the northern districts of, of Palestine, where he ministered, where, where he was from. He was a northerner. Um, and uh, it says that he, he began to teach beside the sea. And, and as we've been seeing, when Jesus starts to teach, crowds start to gather. His, his influence gathers pace. And people, when they hear him teach, they, they come in from all around the place. And so this crowd was so large, so, so uh, full of energy and, and so keen to hear what he was saying that effectively Jesus was getting pushed closer and closer to the, the water. And, uh, and so he hopped into a boat and, and uh, presumably one or two of his disciples pushed the boat out a little, little while so that Jesus could stand, and, oh, sorry, sit and teach and, and people on the, on the beach could, could hear him. And so that's what he did. And it says that he taught them many things. He taught them in, in parables. And this seems to be the shape of Jesus' teaching when he's teaching large crowds, mixed, you know, group, different, different perspectives, different understandings of Jesus. He teaches them with parables, and we'll see why as we go through. And so, as, as, as we've already read, Jesus teaches with this uh, parable, we, we call it the parable of the sower. And he tells of uh, someone who went out to sow seed, very common thing in those days, would be these are agricultural people, agrarian society, and uh, sowing seed, and... Um, and when the seed goes out, Jesus says, it lands in different areas. We all know this, he says. We, we, we get this. We can, we can see it with our mind's eye. Someone sowing the seed. And, and some of it, he says, lands you know, in the hard ground of the path. Some of it lands among rocks, some among thorns. And some of it goes into the good stuff. And the good stuff is that which sprouts and bears fruit. But as, as, as we will see in a few moments, Jesus seems to spend more time on the three scenarios or situations where it doesn't work out, uh, where the seed doesn't go into the ground and bear fruit and grow up and multiply. He spends more time speaking about this than he, really about the one who actually hears and receives. And we'll, we'll think about why that is in a moment. So what's happening here? What's, what's going on? Uh, why, why is Jesus spending this amount of time speaking about the three that don't, don't make it? Well, he explains to us, uh, through, through his disciples, he explains to us in verse 14, he said, well, look, the seed that, that's been sown by the sower um, is, is the word of God. It's, it's the word. And, and we've been seeing so far in our studies through Mark, the word is the good news. It's the good news of the kingdom, God's pleasure, God's presence, his blessing, his power is coming to his people. Um, it's coming in and through the person of Jesus. And Jesus says, repent, turn to God. Uh, for the kingdom of God is near you. Trust in God. Have faith in me. That's the message. That's, that's the word. And, and so in this parable, someone is sowing that word, is preaching or sharing that good news. And uh, we've, we've seen already as well at the start of Mark's gospel that te- Jesus, when he teaches, and when he teaches the kingdom, people are astounded. Um, you know, crowds gather, and we might expect an immediate transformation of all people who listen to this amazing, astounding teaching from Jesus. 
Um, but as Jesus goes on to show, that's not always the case when it comes to preaching and sharing, sowing the good news. Because we see that the teaching of Jesus is a barrier. So let's, let's, let's take, take it apart a little bit and try and understand uh, where Jesus is, is coming from. The first type of ground, then, he, he talks about, when the seed gets sown, the seed just hits the hard ground, the path. And we see that in verse 15. The word has gone out, right? Uh, people have heard uh, where there is. Uh, the, the good news has been shared. But it just sits there. It just like a seed sitting on hard ground. It just sits there. It just sits there in someone's ears. And um, it doesn't go any further. It doesn't, doesn't penetrate deep down. They don't take it into themselves. It just dings off, dings off their mind, dings off their heart. And as Jesus says, there's easy pickings for the crows, or otherwise known as Satan in his, in his explanation, coming down, taking that seed away, to making sure that it never goes any further. It's gone. Jesus said some people are like that when they hear the good news about the kingdom of God. They can hear, but it doesn't make any difference in their lives. It just seems to ping off. There's no, there's no life that grows up in them. Uh, of the kingdom. Um, and, and this is the effect of some of Jesus' teaching. We've seen that, haven't we, with the Pharisees and, and the scribes so far in the Gospel of Mark. They're, they're hostile, they're aggressive, they don't want to believe. They, they hear all this stuff with their ears, but it doesn't sink any, any deeper, and it's gone, just like the hard ground. And as we saw last week, it's not that they can't hear and there's something wrong with their ears and they can't understand. It's just they don't want to understand. They don't want to hear. They don't want this stuff to get any deeper in their hearts and so they they shut themselves off it's not a problem with the seed we could say it's a problem with the the ground it's a problem with the listener so that's the hard ground and jesus said nothing happens there when they hear the good news but then he moves on and says well there's the rocky ground uh, we see that in verses 16 and 7 17 and the seed gets sown among the rocky ground and it seems to be that someone hears the good news of Jesus, they hear about the kingdom, and they make an initial response. Something, something seems to happen. It's not nothing. And yet, as Jesus says, it's just a superficial response. It's all above the surface. There's nothing below the surface. Because of the rocks. It springs up, and then it dies away again. Um, sometimes, in, in maybe in modern circles... You know, contemporary circles, we, we might say that someone makes a commitment, makes a commitment in church, makes a commitment to something they've heard, which is great, um, but it soon fades away because there's no root, as Jesus says. The, when it's tested, um, when pressure comes, um, it fades away. There's no substance. There's nothing to sustain that person. Um, there's no root, nothing to draw upon, and they just simply uh, sort of fade away. And maybe you've seen this yourself. Um, maybe in yourself. Maybe you've seen it in other people that you know. Um, maybe they've visited a certain church service or, or what have you, a certain event. Um, make, a, make a response to something that's happening, which is, which is good. Um, and, uh, but yet, as time goes on, it doesn't seem to produce anything. There's nothing that comes from it. They've made a commitment, we might say, but there's nothing, nothing flowing from that, right? No life, nothing, nothing, nothing going. And some churches, uh, sad, sad to say, are very good, I think, in, in earnestness. They want to produce followers of Jesus. They want to produce converts, and that's brilliant. Um, but sometimes can, can maybe rely on emotional experiences and, and just going for the heart straight away. And, and people make emotional experiences, emotional responses. Uh, and yet 
they're more likely to, to be just like this, uh, having no roots. And so when the, the, the hardship comes along, they, they fade away. That's the rocky ground. And thirdly, then, Jesus turns to the thorny ground in verses 18 to 19. These are people who hear the teaching. Great. They show some interest. Even better, they seem to go a step further than the other two so far. They appear to start healthy, which is great. But then it says uh, in verse, where are we? verse 19, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things just comes in and chokes the life out of them. It trips them up. And you can see here from, from this description of, of the weeds in Jesus' parable. It's all the focus on the here and now, on, on the good life, on, on the stuff of the world. Uh, such a person hears the good news of Jesus, but very soon after turns their attention to the, to the world and not to Jesus. And I would say this is especially a, a risk um, for, for middle-class people who might want to prioritize and emphasize their, their, their career or their you know, leisure options or their wealth acquisition or their influence or even just charging after good courses, all of which on the surface are good things. But they can choke out love for Jesus. They can distract. Hearts go after other things. And eventually, says Jesus in these verses, they fall away too. So three ways that Jesus' teaching proves to be a barrier. All right, three life scenarios. Um, but ultimately, the same end point, right? The same result. Whether over a quick period or over a prolonged period, fast or slow, the seed in all of these three scenarios does not take root, ultimately. Ultimately, there's no growth. Ultimately, there's no fruit. Nothing. They all fall away. And some, some will say, well, you know what? Jesus' teaching is just too, too many red lines, right? It's too many, too many hard edges. It's too hard to accept. Uh, some people may say, well, too many sacrifices are required in my life to follow after Jesus and, and put all this stuff into, into action. Um, it's too restrictive on, on the life that I've come to be accustomed to. You know, these, these are the sort of things that people may say. And perhaps you've seen this in other people, uh, in your family, perhaps friends. Maybe you've even seen this in your own self. Uh, you've heard, heard the gospel at some point. You've, you've, you've maybe uh, grown up hearing the good news of Jesus through, through church, etc. Um, but perhaps you're, you're sort of sharing some similarities with that hard ground. It's just just dings off. You know, you've heard too much of it. You don't want any more. It just pings off you. It doesn't make any real difference in your life. Um, maybe, maybe you've experienced something more akin to the rocky ground where you've made some sort of initial response somewhere at some event or some service or what have you. You've maybe committed your life to Jesus when you were younger. Um, but as you, as, you, as you have gone on in life, you've realized... Um, that it never grew into anything, never really took, took root in you. Perhaps even you were slightly embarrassed with that thing that happened when you were young. You're just young. Just went with the crowd. That's, that's all it was. Maybe that's you. Maybe like the third, the thorny ground. You, you did experience, you did embrace Jesus at one point, his teaching, and, and uh, you know, there was a period of growth in your life. 
But on honest assessment, when you look, there are many other things that take priority in your heart and in your bank balance and in your mind, your thought life. Not Jesus. Other things. Your family, your career, your retirement, perhaps. Really, really, really ever thinking about Jesus and the kingdom. The teaching of Jesus is a barrier. But, secondly, we'll see, that the teaching of Jesus is a key to unlock. It's a key. Uh, last week, we were introduced to this idea that we see within Mark's gospel of sandwiches. And I'm not talking about a picnic, um, but the sandwiches that he creates when he's telling the gospel story. And, and often Mark will, will uh, start the story, interrupt it with something else, and then finish the story. It's kind of like bookends or two bits of bread and then you know, the, the stuff in the middle. Um, and, and what he's doing with this little, like, literary technique is, is, is drawing focus on the middle bit, but sort of wrapping it up in this other stuff. And you know, they're, they're all talking to each other. It's quite, quite clever, right? And so we see that here today as well. We see this, this, this middle bit, which maybe when we were reading through, you thought, well, that's kind of odd. It doesn't really belong in the story. We could take that out and it still works all right. And it's this bit here in verses 10 through 13. But this is really important for us to understand what's going on here. The teaching of Jesus is a key. And it says there that when he was alone, you know, the crowds have all gone home, right? Uh, these, 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 these hundreds and possibly thousands of people have all dispersed, probably later on at night, um, starting to get cold. Off they go. But when he was alone, it says those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. Right? They, they obviously wanted a bit of uh, clarification on what Jesus was, was talking about, um, you know, perhaps they're asking, look, Jesus, what, what is with these parables? Um, why, why must you tell so many like, boring stories? Why, why, why can't you just tell it straight? Give us the truth. No need, no need for these stories. To explain this. What, what do you mean by this? But there they were anyway. The 12 that we saw, these 12 apostles and, and others, <clears throat> devoted followers, they stuck by Jesus. Um, they were connected to him in ways that the crowd weren't. What's with these parables? And Jesus said, well, listen, my teaching is like a key. He says in verse 11, to you, you, you 12 plus a few others as well, maybe 20 or so people there, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, all they hear is parables, little riddles and interesting stories. What's he saying? Jesus is saying, that my teaching unlocks to you the kingdom of God. But to outsiders, it locks it up. My teaching unlocks it to some and locks it out to others. The same teaching, the same words, the same seed is being spread to you, my followers, those who are devoted to me. You see beauty. You see a glorious uh, portrait. You see a wonderful vista filled with life. That's what you see. To outsiders, all they see is a blank wall. My teaching unlocks the kingdom to you and it locks it to them. And perhaps you, you um, have been brought up in the church and uh, particularly, you know, certain traditions, some have really wonderful church buildings. And maybe if you've gone on holiday and you've visited some old cathedrals or, or, or whatever, um, you, you've, you've marveled at some of the amazing um, stained glass windows. Uh, we went on holiday one time to um, Canada, and I remember going into the cathedral in Montreal, and it was 
just amazing because there was this sort of blue, um, it's almost like in the air, it was so blue, the blue hue, and it just came through the windows, and it just seemed to fill the place with this sort of, uh, I don't know, like a sacred blueness. I don't know if that's even a thing, but that's how it felt. It was, it was amazing. But when you go outside and you look at an old church building and you look at the stained glass windows, all you see is kind of dull, right? You, you, you can tell it's a window, but there's no color, sort of gray looking or maybe a bit brown, but there's nothing. But it's only when you go inside and then the light pours in. That's when you start to see the brilliance. That's when you see the color. That's when you see the, the scenery depicted, the, you know, the, the, the teachings of Jesus or whatever it happens to be. That's when you see it. That's when it opens up to you. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. My, my teaching can be vibrant and life-giving and gorgeous and beautiful for those inside. But for those outside, it just looks kind of boring and dull and what's the point in that? Because my teaching is a key, he says. It's the same thing with his parables. And we saw a similar thing last week. Uh, again, we saw his family, Jesus' family, standing outside. He was in a house. He was ministering. He was doing kingdom business. He was healing the sick. Um, he was teaching them. Everybody was hanging on his words. They just couldn't wait to hear more and, and be closer to Jesus. But his, his family were outside. And his family were, were trying to pull Jesus out and trying to say, look, you're, you're going crazy. You need to eat. You need to give yourself rest. You need to get some boundaries, Jesus. Come on, come out. They, they looked at Jesus' ministry and they just were outside. Whereas those inside uh, were, 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 were drawn to him. The same ministry was going on, same teaching was being discussed, but those inside were hungering after Jesus. They were close to Jesus. They were doing all they could to, to, to get to him, to be open to him, to, to absorb everything he was saying, to receive from him. And you, you can see the difference there, can't you? And today, Jesus is saying, my teaching will either open or close, it will either lock or it will unlock. But it's the same teaching. The difference being your relationship to Jesus, right? your closeness to Jesus. That's, that's how you know. Um, plenty of people hear, right? plenty of people will hear, but only some want to know Jesus. That's why Jesus goes on to quote from Isaiah chapter 6 in his teaching. Jesus says, that's why, um, in verse 12, they may indeed, this is outside people, they may indeed see with their eyes but not perceive, they may hear but not understand. See, Jesus' teaching forces people to, to choose. It sort of precipitates a crisis. Lest, he says, they should turn and be forgiven. Jesus is saying, if hearers want to hear, they will hear. If they don't want to hear, they won't hear. If they want forgiveness, it is theirs. I will give it to them in bucket loads. But if they don't want forgiveness, I'm not going to force it on them. It's their choice. Jesus dignifies your choice. The teaching of Jesus is a key. It locks and it unlocks. And that's why Jesus then says in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? This is the key. This is the fundamental principle. Jesus says this is the key parable. This is a parable about parables. 
Do you hear what I'm saying, says Jesus? Are you open to receive what I'm here to give you? Do you, do you want what Jesus offers in his teaching? Do you, do, you, do you want to draw near to him? Do you desire all he has? Because if you do, it is yours. It is yours. It is yours if you want it. And for us here at Foundation Church, this is important. It's an important principle. Uh, we say that we're, we're a community on mission. We're together. Uh, faith is a community project. Um, yes, it's something you must exercise, you must choose to trust and believe and receive Jesus on your own. We can't do that for you. Um, but we do this together. We, we, we go on this journey together. Um, it's, a, it's a community project. Uh, we gather together to listen to Jesus, to hear Jesus, to take in God's word and, and, and receive it and, and take it deep into our hearts. That's why we're a community on mission. And it doesn't mean to say, by the way, that, that, that everything that we read from Jesus or everything from the Bible is easy to understand. It's not always easy. It doesn't mean to say that everything that we see in Scripture is obvious. It's not obvious. And that's okay. But that's why we do this together, that we can teach one another. We can encourage each other. We can press in together to go further after Jesus. We're a community on mission. But we're a community on mission. We have a role. We have something that Jesus calls us and commissions us to go and do, to go and sow the seeds. And as we go out on mission, we are to prepare for a variety of responses to the message of Jesus. We're to, we're to be ready for knockbacks. That just comes with the territory. And that's not necessarily because we're not being clever enough or we're not being clear enough, or we're not being strategic enough, or we haven't done enough advertising. That's not always the case, as we're seeing here in these verses. Some people just don't want to hear the good news. They don't want to know Jesus. And so this prepares us for, against um, discouragement. But instead, as, as a community on mission, let's so liberally, let's so wisely, let's so carefully... They're so full of faith. But we must also be aware that not everyone will respond with faith. They didn't to Jesus. So the teaching of Jesus is a barrier to some. It's a key to unlock the kingdom. But finally, the teaching of Jesus is a door. There is good news. Verse 20, Jesus said, Those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. They hear it and accept it and bear fruit. This fourth response uh, that Jesus holds out to the end, the good soil. All the types of people in this scenario have all heard the teachings of the kingdom, but this group are the only one to accept it. See that? Verse 20. Uh, the Greek word behind that, 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 that word accept is to yield to it, to give over to it, to, to admit to it, to as give assent to it. That, that's what these people do when they hear the good news. And as such, when, 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 when they receive the seed, if you like, and, they, and they, they accept it, then, says Jesus, they will bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. This exceptional level of fruit shall be produced within you, says Jesus. It will happen. It is exponential. Only God can produce this kind of fruit, says Jesus, because only God can open up the kingdom in you. 
What is this fruit that Jesus is talking about? Well, he doesn't make it clear here, does he? Um, but we know that he is talking about the good news of the kingdom and the kingdom being sown and the kingdom coming to fruit. It's the seed of the kingdom. It's the seed of the gospel. And when that goes in, um, it produces fruit. And, and as we see from, from a broader understanding of Scripture, uh, from the New Testament especially, fruit that Jesus is talking about here is when you know, and you know that you know, that you are right and loved and accepted and delighted in by God. That's the kind of fruit we're talking about. This kind of fruit is when you know that God's favor is upon you and nothing but his favor shall be upon you. That's the kind of fruit we're talking about. The kind of fruit we're talking about is when you realize and start living for the purposes and the glory of God. You start serving God and serving other people. That's the fruit that will start to grow in you. It is when you know and experience the kingdom power coming in and around and through you, being used by God to achieve his purposes. Fruit is when you are uh, sure that you're sure that you're sure that God's eternal love is upon you, irrevocably so. He will love you for eternity and beyond. The fruit that we're talking about here is a deep inner strength to draw upon as you go on through life and, and its ups and its downs, its sufferings and its hardships because you have rooted down so deeply and planted yourself into the kingdom of God. The kind of fruit we're talking about here is an unassailable hope of a renewed world to come that permeates your everyday life in the here and now. That's the kind of fruit we're talking about. It is seeing the kingdom advance through you and your church and your city. That's the kind of fruit we're talking about. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. The teaching of Jesus is a door. It opens the kingdom to you. That's what happens when you come near to Jesus, you see, when you're, when you're open to his teaching. That's, that's what will happen. When you, when, you, when, you, when you listen and you take it into yourself, you're like this fertile ground that he talks about, the good soil. The seed takes root and it springs up into new life. Unlike the hard uh, ground, the seed will take root in your life. Unlike the rocky ground, you will stand the tests and the trials that will come your way because of your faith in Jesus. Unlike the thorny ground, you will stand strong against the challenges of life that will try and pull you away from Jesus and pull you in the opposite direction. Instead, you shall bear fruit, you shall multiply, you shall advance the gospel. There is no other way that you will see sustained, progressive, obvious and miraculous growth when the seed takes root in your life. That's what happens. And so as we, we come into land, let me just encourage you, please, with this, this teaching. Let me encourage you with the words of Jesus. When you accept the teaching of Jesus, that is the good news of the kingdom through Jesus, when you do that, you will bear fruit. You will. You will receive life. You will have a peace. You will have joy and hope and faith. It shall grow in you. It's inevitable. You may not feel like that right now, but when that seed goes in, it shall bear fruit. Hang on, it shall bear fruit. You will be used significantly in God's kingdom. You will be used to advance his kingdom. You will know the favour and the blessing of God. That's what happens.
one commentator about these particular verses said, it's amazing, isn't it? He said, we get astounding results despite an inauspicious beginning. Astounding results despite an inauspicious beginning. That means just a seed goes in, nothing fancy about that. It goes in, you don't see it, it, it takes a while. But look at the astounding results that come from a seed going in. And if you're here, if you're, if you're um, part of Foundation Church, our family here, um, can I just encourage you further as well? Um, keep sowing the seed. By the way, if you're not part of our family here, we'd love you to just keep journeying with us. Uh, we, we, we just want to open our arms. And, and if you're not connected to a church and, and you just want to learn more about this and, and walk with us, we'd love you. Uh, just keep coming back. Keep getting to know. Keep, uh, keep coming. Keep listening to Jesus. But Foundation Church, keep sowing the kingdom seed. Astounding results despite inauspicious beginnings. Does that ring any bells? Yes, ministry, gospel ministry, sowing the seed, it is hard graft. Yes, it is slow. But yes, we have been spreading that seed. We have been faithful. You have been faithful. And so we as a church are believing for those astounding results, right? For that fruit, for that growth, for that life. This message that we are talking about and enjoying every week has power. We'll be thinking about that next week. But it has power. Yes, it is not always well received in every quarter with everybody that we'll try and tell it to. But when it hits the heart and goes down deep, wow. Transformation. Life. Power. Kingdom breaking in. That's what happens. Keep sowing the kingdom seed. Our vision here at Foundation Church is to catalyze gospel transformation in our city and our nation. And that happens when we keep sowing the kingdom seed. That's how we do it. Keep sowing. Being liberal with sowing with our relatives and our colleagues, keep sowing the seed. Keep sowing the seed. When we're inviting our friends and family to church, keep sowing the seed. We don't have any other tricks, folks, do we? Uh, we don't have any alternate power or anything else to win people with. We are all about sowing the seeds of the kingdom and trusting God for the growth. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.